are live, back with episode 20 of Creators Unplugged. Joining us once again from a previous episode, deep in the first 10 or so episodes, we got Fuji Tora back on the podcast. Uh, welcome in, man. How are things? Not too bad, you know, just going through that 9 to 5 stuff, you know? 9 to 5, taking a break from gaming a little bit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? Well, uh, I'm going back to college now. Oh, nice. I'm my master's. Yeah, I'm getting my okay. master's. Uh, so put comp on the back burner for like FPS stuff. Um, what, I have. What made you want to go back? Um, well, mainly I'm on like a program. Okay. So like after I left the military, um, they let me teach with my bachelor's. So now I have to meet my end of the deal and go back to college and get my master's because in New York State, you need your master's to teach. So you need your master's to teach? Okay. Yep. So you can't... Mm-hmm. Was there like a period where you could teach and then they're like, okay, now you got to yeah. finish it up? Uh, or is it just yeah. off the rip? Like you have to have a minimum. So um, certain schools offer a program to where it's like, hey, we'll employ you because like you already have your teaching certification. But we need you to get your master's to be a full-time teacher. Interesting. Yeah. So why teaching right though? Now. Like teaching what? Um, uh, I'm teaching special ed. So right. I work with a lot of uh, low-functioning kids and kids on the spectrum. Mainly. Uh, once in a while, we get children with Down syndrome. But that's uh, not too often. So like majority of my class is like low-functioning. Um, they're very low-scale IQ. So it's a lot of like uh, cognitive things that they're not up to par with compared to the rest of the population. Right. And my job is basically just teaching them life skills, how to function in like everyday life. You know. What age? What ages? Um, sixth to eighth grade. So from about eleven to, I want to say fourteen. Did you pick that age group or? Uh, well, I mean, that was like the opening I got. Okay. And I really do like this demographic because. Their personalities are kind of like developed at that point. You know, you can have like some of the conversations, don't really baby them, you know? Right. You don't really have to baby them, but like you're still teaching them things. And they're still on that kind of like innocent type age to where like, you know, they have like, their cute moments, but then you gotta like put your foot down on certain moments, you know? Like they're, de- they're developing, you know? Like they're, they're like becoming a person fully. And it's just dope to see that process. So. You say like the, is it like a delayed cognitive type type thing where it's like you trying to to catch them up to what would be considered you know quote unquote normal or is it just something where they'll always be a little bit behind in terms of? Oh, they'll they'll always be behind. Okay. Um, the thing is, most of them are very black and white thinkers. There's no real gray thinking, and like gray what's, thinking what's is like in between. Yeah. Uh, black and white. It's like everything's very literal. So if I said like, "Oh, you're pulling my leg," it's like I didn't pull your leg. Okay. I never okay. You. That's kind of yeah, funny, right? Though. That's a yeah. little funny. Yeah. No, that's that's why it's like it's nice because now you're teaching. Like my job is basically to teach them the gray area. Like, hey, you know, like certain people are gonna be like this way about certain things, and I'm like, right. it's okay. Like you have to teach them like it's okay. Like you know, like these things happen. So, um, so then you you have to teach them like sarcasm or um, some of them kind of not really um some of them get sarcasm pretty fast uh it's mainly for like critical thinking um 
like what if a stranger comes up to you you know like what if you go to a store and you know you're lost right and okay like, okay it, like those kind of things um, like how to cook for yourself you know like what if you know like your caretaker because most of them are gonna go like when they graduate high school so like this my um school program they stay until they're 21 and then they go into usually either the parents take care of them full-time or they go to uh basically like housing to where they get their own caretaker um a lot of them need life coaches for their jobs and that's like give gifted to them by the state once they get their own jobs and like they have a whole like support system once they leave high school so they are they typically folks that can't work or like live it, with themselves or is it like would they need the support i i imagine there's some <clears throat> some organizations that kind of you know everyone's like aware of where what everyone's doing type of thing yeah um usually what happens is uh there's still very immature in certain aspects um you know like pizza like ice cream before dinner stuff like that or right. like they'll just like not take care of their rooms too much because yeah. like mom and dad because yeah, a I lot of that. the problem is like <laughs> listen to sh- secret secret yeah yeah we can't have them doing that every day Look, the no dessert well. before dinner thing is crazy i think we all know these, that's these... that's been a scam forever i'm on their <laughs> this team. demographic will every day and it, yeah. it will get out of hand oh too much okay <laughs> yeah 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 everything's in excess um but like uh they don't really tidy up after themselves uh they like my kids an example um a lot of them their moms baby them or like they're usually the mom or dad will baby them and they don't want them they, they don't think they can be independent don't think they're capable of it but again the way to teach them things is through pure repetition like an insane amount of repetition i'm talking like years worth of repetition and then they'll get they'll get it down They'll be able to do it. It's going to take a long time, but they'll be able to do it by themselves eventually. Right. But Dude. That's the whole point of the program. Just making them be able to function if they have a job. Let's say that they're a store clerk. They'll be able to function as a store clerk, do their job properly, and then go home. Well, imagine like military training. You know, and I don't know the extent that you what your military experiences end to end, but like having a, imagine like a basic military training would be so useful in something like this of like basic life skills, you know, super practical, like I guess street smarts, but yeah, that's even accurate, but like yeah, doing, you know, doing stuff like that, taking care of your room, you know, keeping a clean bed, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine that would, come into play pretty easily that would translate yeah it does it does um you definitely have to be stern because uh the best way i can explain it is like they're very good at picking up habits of people they're very good at reading habits um like let's say you have like a tendency to like be soft towards like one kid and that one kid picks up like oh hey, I can get away with doing this because all I know is, like, he's going to give me a warning, right? So they'll pick up on that and then they'll, like, you know, start pushing the limit and see how much they can get away with. So you have to be to be very aware and, like, psychoanalyze every child in the classroom right. because, like, <laughs> you got to know if they're messing with you or not. 
<laughs> so do you think that do you think that's like a, a constant thing where everyone's just trying to see? I feel like all kids do that some level. Yeah, exactly. It, it, well, again, like the, yeah, they're kids, but like you know, these are behaviors. Like there's certain behaviors that they're just like them pushing the limit. That's not okay in like be, as as an adult, you know. Because, like, you know, like, that could get you fired or that can get you in big trouble. And like, we're trying to avoid and show them that this behavior, we're trying to basically model, like, hey, if this happens, X, Y, and Z happens after. Like, there's consequences. So, like, a lot of this process is just, like, un- like showing them the concept of rules and consequences or, like, laws and then, like, you know, responsibilities that we have as, like, when, when we become adults and a whole bunch of stuff. And so how how long do you work with these kids? I know you said sixth to eighth grade, so is that the extent of, of your relationship with them? That sixteenth yep. grade? Okay. Yep. Why why is eighth grade the cutoff? Is it normal school or like standard school so, timeframes? So for this school district, it's first to fifth for elementary, sixth to eighth for middle school, and then ninth to, to uh twelfth in high school. Yeah. Did they ever ask you about Apex? Um, no, do you ever, do you ever my, drop my it? Brothers. Drop in conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's got a big deal in Apex. Uh, no, but um, my little brother, he he goes to the same school. Okay. And um, a bunch of his friends, he, he would tell his friends like, "Hey, like, yeah, my like my big brother, like, he's kind of gross at Apex." <laughs> and then they would act like one v one me and stuff. I'm like, no, nah, I don't have time. I don't want to embarrass you, man. I can't uh... do it. <laughs> Can't do it. Have you ever won me one? One of the friends? I have. You win? He was talking smack. I had to, I had to sit you, up. You won though, right? Oh, of course. Okay, yeah. Decimation. That's what the fans want to know. <laughs> sure, you back it up. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had to show him what the real world was like real quick. Dude, that's so cool to be able to be that guy. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> just thinking back being younger and playing games and like having social capital and the social capital is based on how good you were at video games. I, I think that's still yeah. true today, but even dude, even more so when we were like, but like Halo two, when they first came out yeah, and people would talk about like, everyone just thought they were the, the shit. <laughs> Everyone's like, I am the best. And then you'd have to, you'd have, you know, you'd have parties to prove it. And like, that yeah, was dude. your social capital. Pull up the leaderboard and everything. Yeah, what's your head, bro? What's your tag? Well, that's not my main, dude. That's just what I like mess around yeah, on. Yeah. Like, and they'll be like, oh, okay, what's the good one? Like, oh, I can't remember if it's like a zero or a Z- O oh, or whatever, dude. So, like, I can't show yeah, you. I think, I, think my, I think one of my brothers is on it right now. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would always be a terrible. Yeah, but everyone in the house uses that profile. So, you know, it's not the, it's not the safe one. <laughs> dude, that was so It's always tr- funny because I never really, like, I never really, like, showed off. Cause like, I've I've been good at like FPSs since I was like a kid. So like Call of Duty, I would do like GBs, and then I'll make like a little pocket money, right, to buy like, you know, uh, like PS PS Plus and like all the stuff for like the PS3, right? Yeah. And then um, that would help me get like scuff controllers and whatnot, right? So then, um, what I would do, I would I would I never really talked about it in school. So then there was like one time where um. In MW2, uh, that was like when the script scoping was like super popping. And one of my homies 
was like, yo, you want to, these kids are talking smack. They want to like 2v2, like headquarters on, on a high rise. And I was smacking these fools. And then he went to like everybody in the school was like, yo, yo like Troy's kind of nasty at video games. <laughs> and then, and, like, it like spiraled out of control. And it's like, yeah, dude, I, I need you to play with me, dude. Like we need to win games. And I'm like, nah, I'm going to stick to my GBs. I'm going to. And then it happened when I was in the military too, because um like the, the like Apex became like super popular like during yeah. COVID. Yeah. And then so like everyone was playing it and everyone like hop on their Xboxes and stuff and like one I hate open mic because like um I don't I don't like doing open mic in games because like usually I like I'm on my phone in like certain moments or like I'm watching TikToks and what? stuff like that or like yeah what this yeah why if why are you on TikTok ranked, when we're trying to win dude. If I'm playing ranked, man, and like if it's not good people, I'm just playing zone. Like I'm sitting in a building and waiting to like top whatever. So that I can is go, insane I can go. to me. Yeah, I, but that's this is as someone who's never hit masters. Like, <laughs> how could you not be focused? You're like, oh, I, <laughs> dude, I'm gonna open TikTok right now. That's so crazy. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah. like ranked is like so like it's so easy that like what? <laughs> okay, it's, but. It's like, but you're playing well, like, right. With, you're playing right with other people who know how to play. Yeah, exactly. So like, you like um, I don't know, like you, you watch like a random stream and then you're like, hold up, I'm, I'm t- texting somebody right now. And they're just like running at, they're running at a team. <laughs> like, so like, it's just like second nature stuff. That we're like, this is so like just set in motion of like what we're doing. It's so flowchart that like you you don't need to think about it. It's just autonomous almost. Like. <laughs> I know a position I need to get. I know, like, what I have to do this guy. I know I have to win this 1v, you know? Like, <laughs> it's so autonomous that, like, it, like Dude, it's just not boring? fun. <laughs> is that boring? Um, Rank kind of does get boring after a while. It does get boring. Because uh, it's, it's the same stuff over and over again. Like, you know, you pick up said gun, X gun, and Y gun, and then, like, you go run it down, craft some bats with the crafter, you know? The only like fun time you can act like anybody that plays at a high level. It's like usually comp. Um, this is new thing R five. Someone uh, modded season three of Apex and they made it into like a bunch of one v one servers, like movement gyms. So like, you could practice like your movement. You can like That's practice cool. your one v ones and stuff. So a lot of people have been grinding that and three v threes. Three v threes have been like huge. Oh, dude, I, no doubt. Because that's. I mean, that's like wait. So is three v three? Yeah. Well, is that the same it's thing a, as arena, or is that match. different from arena now? It's different. So it's team deathmatch. Um, fifty kills. Whoever gets fifty kills first wins. Wait, those um, games would be long though. No, they're short. They're not that. <laughs> I'm just thinking of Apex. Of like, it's been a while since I. So it's it. smaller maps. It's smaller maps. Okay. Um, like smaller than arena maps. And Whoa, you're basically okay. just you're just a kind of. You pick your loadout, you have like your team comp that you play comp in, and you kind of just run it down. You run it down and just take fights constantly, and whoever gets 50 to first wins. That's so nice for practice, I would feel. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful for fighting practice. Do I remember when Warzone had 2v2s? Remember 2v2s yeah. right when that game came, first came out? Dude, I love that. I love those super small, like super high, high pressure, high tension just it felt like it was such good practice to get warmed up for the real games yeah. 
Man, what if, dude, imagine Apex had a forge I system. That would be cool. But that's kind of what um R5 is. So uh, a creator, his Watson, he yeah, made him. Halo. He made Halo in R5. You can literally play Halo. Um, it's pretty cool. Wait, what do you mean? Like, like he he paid a bunch of modders to uh, make it Halo, like reskin all the all the things oh, into Halo. Oh, that's cool. And, yeah, so like you're you're in the suit and everything, and like, um, you have like your burst rifle and everything. Like, it's sick. It's super sick. Halo BR, we've always been waiting for. But it's Apex. Yeah, it's, yeah, but it's Apex. Yeah, that's sick. But um, I really haven't touched the game that much. But the game I have been touching though, I've been playing a healthy amount of Pokemon. <laughs> what what kind? A healthy amount. Uh, so I have a Switch. It's been collecting dust. I, I just like, got one. I was like, within the last two months. I was like, I haven't played this new Pokemon game yet because I bought. I, I have literally every Pokemon game that has ever come out. What's the new ones? Scarlet Violet? Yeah, Scarlet and Violet. So okay. I was like, let me, let me play the new ones. Let me see what this is about. That quite possibly is contender, in my opinion, for the best Pokemon generation to ever exist. Really? Mm-hmm. They did some revolutionary stuff, in my opinion, with that game. Um, they, there's three campaigns in it. There's three storylines. So it's like some true RPG stuff. It's not like some linear, oh, beat the eight gyms. You know, you have your... No. We're going. We're we're taking layers to this now. So you have three separate lines. You have your villains, which is not really villains, per se. It's just kind of like this misunderstood group of teams that got bullied. Then you have my favorite storyline, Clash of Titans. That, if they keep track with that, that is the future of Pokemon. And I'm completely for it. It's also Monster Hunter type stuff. It's pretty sick. So like the whole point of it is like. This guy, he's like, yo, we need to get these herbs to heal my to heal my dog Pokemon, right? Like, all right, I got you. So you're going around the land. It's open world, um, way bigger than Sword and Shield. You go around the map, and there's certain sightings of these Titan Pokemon. They they grew huge, right? So it's kind of like so same so same model, just they're giant, giant, okay. right? So you um you basically clash with this Pokemon. And then it goes in its cave. You kill it before it goes. You, you kill it. Yeah, whatever you want to say. You know, the faint. Um, you beat it before it goes in the cave, and uh, you take the herb. And then the, each herb levels up your legendary Pokemon that you ride on. And uh, at the end, there's a huge plot twist. I don't want to spoil it if you're gonna play it, but there's a huge plot twist at the end of the quest line, and it was actually really cool writing. And uh, the ending was really just like kind of like a classic like '80s like hoorah like you know like th- like those movies to where they just jump in the air and that rock music's like in the background and they just like jump up fist pump <laughs> and it just like still frame. That's literally what happens at the end of it, and it's just like a chef's kiss. <laughs> it's a chef's kiss. I feel like that's like a like an anime type type thing too, though, where everyone's just celebrating at the end. Well, yeah, that's like I mean like. What happened was like it was like a crazy stuff. It was like crazy stuff. It was like actual like JRPG esque type stuff where like you know like the end boss is like some crazy stuff. I can't really explain that. I don't really want to spoil it without right, right, right. So I'll give you very vague like. <laughs> Dude, I'm just not. I'm not about that Pokemon life. I, I've, I've, I've like 
I, I'm trying to remember what I was watching where I think it was either Coco or, or Nick Tana that were playing and they were fighting this. It was like a giant version of the Pokemon and there was like lightning around it. And I'm oh, like, man, this okay. feels like so far from like far from what I was used so to. So that stuff's really cool, actually. Um, so they added raid battles. Is that what that is? Yeah, so okay. in Sword and Shield, there's Dynamax. That was the mechanic. Wait, so okay, that's what I'm thinking. I think that's that yeah. sounds familiar. Yeah, so Sword and Shield, they're mechanically... So, like, from Gen 6 or, like, X and Y and on, there was, a like, a, a mechanic they added to the game to add another layer to battles. Now, I'm mean, so linear anymore, right? So, X and Y, you had mega evolutions. So, like, certain Pokemon's got different forms and different typings, and their stats would change, right? So, it changed the metagame a lot with that. Then, Sun and Moon, they added Z-Crystals. So, like, you would get, like, a huge boost to whatever, like, typing you chose out of that. You could have, like, all the typings, and then certain Pokemons had their own Z-Crystal for, like, a signature move. Um, then you had Sword and Shield, you had Dynamaxes. So they would turn huge for, like, three turns, and then each um, each typing had, like, a special move during Dynamax. And then they would have, like, a certain status effect after it. And then they would become, like, huge and get more HP and everything. So it was, like, a smart way to, like, stall out and, like, save a Pokemon from getting fainted in a battle. Right. And, like, to sweep a team. And then now in this one, we have Terra Typing, which I think is the coolest, right behind Mega Evolution. So Terra Typing, you could change the type of your Pokemon. But only one Pokemon can do it. So you gotta get, like, uh, like... So with the Terra Raid Battles, you can get, like, let's say you get, a, like, a Pikachu, right? I can make that Pikachu a water type now. With Terra Crystals. It yeah. changes the, the list, too? No, the move is, is the same, but they added a move called Terra Blast, and then you can add a move of the same type. So what it does now is um, there's a, a, a mechanic called Stab. So it's a same type attack, like, base or something like that, right? So you get a boost if... So, like, let's say uh, Pikachu uses Thunderbolt. It's going to get a boost because it's the same type as that move. And that, that's always been in the game. So they added a stat. They added a stab mechanic to any Pokemon. They let you kind of like diversify the move pool. It's kind. It's cool from a competitive like Pokemon standpoint because that adds another layer of like team building. And that's why I always thought it was like really cool about Pokemon. It's like people use like really niche ways to like make a team to be like either anti-meta or like to make like a really bad Pokemon good. There's so much like, viable. There's so much depth to it. I know that's what's so that's what's so cool about. It. I mean it's. I'm trying to. I played a lot of Hearthstone back in the day. I still play casually. I just I like the like concept of deck building and like doing themes, um, just to see if it works, like just for fun. Yeah. Uh, and it it feels like Pokemon is. I mean, I wonder if at this stage, like with all that stuff you're describing, if you're if you're doing competitive online Pokemon, I'm assuming there is outside of the card yeah. game. Yeah. Like where you just battle. I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. And you can use all of that. Like the stats must get so I don't even like granular. Like people were like, "Well, if you add, I don't even know the terms for it." But if you're adding all this stuff to different Pokemon with the amount of Pokemon that there are, it would just be you just get some real math nerds who are like, "Well, if you just crunch the numbers, this is the best team." Exactly. So. Um, oh God. <laughs> so like, if if you want to get the real nitty and gritty. 
Uh, I don't do that. I'm not like too serious into it, but yeah. I'll dabble into like like rank battles online or like Pokemon Showdown. Pokemon Showdown's like an emulator that um if you don't want to like commit to making the team and doing the whole like spreadsheet of like the the uh, point allocations to what like attack, defense, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, you could do it through there, test out the team, and then if you want that, you could bring that to the rank ladder. You could bring it to a tournament, right? So it's a good tool for like creating teams and practicing and whatnot. Um, people have like damage calculators, and then there's a mecha- there's a a hidden thing called EVs and IVs. Um, those are basically points you can add towards certain stats. So every Pokemon, um, their base stats kind of hint at to what their move pool should be and like what uh play style they kind of fit towards. So like you have your your physical sweepers. Special sweepers, your wall breakers, your stalls, your walls, and that's like pretty much it. And like your hazards. But like stalls, walls, and like hazards are all support Pokemon, so they're usually super like tanky. They could take a lot of hits. Um, then you have like your sweepers. They are like pretty much like glass cannons in a sense. They they can absolutely like one shot somebody, but like they obviously have to like outspeed something, right? Right. So the cool thing with like legit like pokemon battling is like there's so much mind games into like um like with their abilities and their move pulls and like items they could add on to work with their abilities and whatnot like um right now this pokemon Mm -hmm. Rillaboom has this uh ability called grassy surge he puts up this like terrain of grass pretty much and what that does it gives you hp every turn it boosts uh grass attacks i'm pretty sure and then if you get a pokemon called sneezler and give it an item called Grassy Seed, right? <laughs> this, okay. This is, this, is, this is a sick part. This is a sick part, right? Okay. So Sneasler gets an ability. Sneasler, where okay. It, yeah, so it, it gets an ability to where, um, it's, I think it's called uh, Unburdened. So if it loses its item, it gets a speed boost, right? Okay. So I'm with you. Yeah. 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 So it gets a speed boost, right? And then with the item Grassy Seed, it gets a boost in defense, okay? So now we have a gigafast Pokemon that is ready to sweep, right? So now if we add the combo of Terra Flying, if we make it a flying type <laughs> with our Terra Crystals, and add a move called Acrobatics, we are nuking Pokemons. There's, everything is getting obliterated. Because what Acrobatics does, it has this little, this little tidbit on the bottom of it where if the Pokemon loses its item, right... Acrobatics gets his damage boost. So now we get stab because now we're flying type, and then we get the boost from acrobatics because our grassy seed was used for the grassy terrain. Because grassy seed only gets activated when you're in grassy terrain. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that, dude, it's like, but that's one combination, right? For one. But Pokemon. there's like so, there's like that's so what I'm many. Saying. I, there's the time, so many. I know, I know. I'm, I don't. I, it's too much. It's. I'm afraid. Yeah. I'm afraid of it. I'm afraid of the time. It's so it cool. To be. But like, dude, you would have so many combinations, and I feel like every time you would, you, you're trying to be competitive. I'm assuming all of it's permitted. Whatever the tournament rules are, but. Can you do this type of stuff with the trading card game as well? Or is the game no. a little more, current games a little more, they have more stuff? So the games is a little different just because um, they're constantly changing now because 
they can like live patch things. Um, like they're adding a new DLC. Yeah. They're adding new new moves back. They're adding more mm-hmm. Pokemon into the pool. Um, with that, with like the DLC being released, there's gonna be a new regulation now because now they have to ban certain Pokemon. They have to, uh, basically, it's a regulation, so they're gonna ban certain things or update the rules um, and allow other Pokemon in now that now they're now that they're back in the game. I was talking to Oko and Patterson Pax. I don't know if you're familiar with Patterson Pax. He's a, um, I would say. Got like six or seven K subs on uh for all Pokemon. I was actually talking to them about like um do the cards come out first or the games like the game stuff and everything. And I, I assumed it was the cards, but I was completely wrong. Yeah, it was the games. It's like the sure. game stuff comes out way first because they, they use it as a gauge to see what's popular and what's not. Yeah. And then uh and then make the cards up that a beautiful business model. Put out this product that generates revenue. To then yeah. further generate more revenue with a different, with a completely different product. It's like so bizarre. They can like yep. make these great games, and they can constantly lot like when you said live patch it and do updates in real time, to then influence the sale of a, of a tangible product, which is the same stuff just in card form. And it's yep. it's we were talking we were at we were talking about like is Pokemon like Pokemon is one of the strongest brands in the world. But is it like the most effective and profitable like gaming brands oh, all time? Stupid money. It's got to be crazy. It's got to be. Money. I mean, they're they're like, it, it's got to be number one. Because like, think of think of the be. influx of people that just buy cards to resell them now. Right. They're making stupid money. Like, wipe your ass with twenties. <laughs> Right. It's like it's like crazy that they can. It's just cool that like the success of either one can can help influence the success of the other. So if the cards are doing really well, they can make games off the cards. They can make cards off the games. Like I don't know, man. It's just such a it's such a perfect little sphere that, that they've branched themselves. They can just keep going. You can just yeah. constantly make new Pokemon. It's infinite. Know. I don't know if that's if it's good or if it's gotten better or worse. I mean, oh, they they did such a good job with the creativity of making new Pokemon in this game. I, I like this region is so cool. It's so cool. What what like, I, describe the region? So um, it's based off Spain. I'm pretty sure it's Paldea. Um, that's the name of the region, Paldea. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's based off Spain, if I'm not mistaken, or France, somewhere in Europe. Um, they have they have like a pig called the Chonk that was like the mascot for like a long time. Yeah, yeah, like I'm, I, I know the Chonk. Oh yeah. Um, they have other sick designs, like uh, oh, I'm trying to think. Like their starters are cool. Uh, you have Skeldridge, Miascarada, and Quakovol. Those are like all the final evolutions of them. Um. Quackoval is literally a dancing duck. Perfect. That's sick. Um, Skeldridge is a ghost fire crocodile. <laughs> and then Meowskarat is literally like a thief cat. Like, the designs are sick. Like Meowskarat is like has like a mask with its fur. Like like you know, remember like the masquerade masks? Like masks? Yeah, yeah. 
that's like what it has on its face with its fur. It's so cool. Um, they have certain other like uh, Garganacle, literally salt rock, and its abilities are based off like getting rid of ghosts and whatnot. Um, what else? I'm trying to think. Belly bolt. It's it, it's like a blob. I don't even know how to describe it. But it's cool. <laughs> it's um, like it, man. Cool. It's so like I played I played Pokemon trading card game. If, if that's even what they call it when I was way, way young. I haven't touched it in a really long time. And I always thought, like, compared to you know, Magic the Gathering, like, like, it was... I don't know. I always, thought, I always like, put Magic the Gathering as kind of, like, the... It, it's, like, what the adults play. It's, like, what the big kids yeah. play. But I'm not even convinced, like, that's... It's just... I, I guess for me, it's just, like, oh, it just feels cartoony for Pokemon, which isn't a bad thing. Just, yeah. I've always just, like liked the art style a lot more on a magic the gathering type card but you know, I, like it's just, just there's just no denying it is there's just no denying um i bet if you went to like a local pokemon tournament it would be the age range would be huge um uh, but yeah, it's it also crazy huge. to see still young kids be into it which means it's still yeah. popular with, with, with youth. it's like so entrenched into youth culture still it's just it's like cool to, at this point yeah, yeah, it's like really just part of the. In. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, have you? So, do you play the trading card game as well, or are like, do you do no, any competitive just, Pokemon stuff? Uh, not really. I'll just hop on Showdown once in a while and like play ranked. Okay. Um, I got to like a pretty high tier in ranked. I think I was like Ultra Ball, which is like right below Master Ball, and like Master Ball's the highest you can go. Oh, you've been Masters in one game, so. <laughs> well, like, it's so different. Like it. It's kind of like a like almost like 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 auto chess, like you know, like you like thinking of like your opponent's moves, like oh, I could outplay by doing this, you know, I could stall out by doing this, I could read his move pool, and I could based off what he does when I protect, like you right. know, I could make this counterplay. It's just really cool. It's like you know, it's like a different way. It's like use like, like I don't know. It's like using a different part of my brain compared to like when I play FPS games. And I was like, this completely, is really completely player. different. It's not. Yeah. It's not reaction. It's. Uh, all strategy, yeah. It's, it's all strategy. Yeah, so I was gonna say it's way more strategy. I mean, there's obviously strategy in Apex, but you're watching TikToks in the final zone, so I don't know. You know, <laughs> I don't even know how much. Not calm. Not calm. <laughs> calm was a different story, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was like Benson. I felt like Benson the whole time. <laughs> it's always angry. But, so, so you're not running. You're not running Apex at all, right? Uh, no, I just coach mainly now. Uh, coach teams. How do they? Um, how do they? How do you put yourself out there as a coach? Um, so I kind of got like a good rep being like a good IGL. And I basically just branched out to the homies and I was like, hey, you know, since I'm not really playing anymore, if you guys need coaching or help with anything to break down like your rotates, your fights, uh, like loop pathing and whatnot, I'm more than welcome to help you. And um, health one team, they did pretty good. And then after that, uh, kind of just like branched out like oh you know like then so people started reaching out are you marketing yourself as a as a esports coach because that's what it is uh, not really esports coach because if i did like overwatch or valorant maybe maybe valorant i could get away with it i'll just like study a lot of vod to like get back in the swing of that game but if i studied the game then yeah probably i could coach it I think I'm at the point where I have like such an understanding for FPS games that if I watch a vibe of that game like steady for like 
probably two to three weeks, I could probably coach it efficiently. Two to three weeks? For, yeah. for any FPS? Well, at a pro level, yeah. It's, it's easy to pick up on habits, and like you can pick up on like metagames, and then like you... Because it's... Watching them play is like one thing, but you also have to like sit down, break down the maps on certain things, and then kind of break down the metas and see why they're picking that for that reason. Um, it's a really big science to it. Like, I will say, oh, for I, sure. I, I coaching, that, coaching yeah. is a little harder than playing a game. I'm not gonna lie, because it, it, there's so much more to it. Like you've got to account for other teams. Like you're studying. I, I have watched more like other teams so often now. It's crazy. So when you say coaching, do you mean live coaching? As the game's going on, you're telling your team what to do, or is it mm, you're you can't teaching really do them that in Apex? I was gonna say. But, um, so how do you like after after they die or like um, after the game's finished? I'll sit down and give like quick spark spark notes on like what they messed up on, or like you know compliment them like, hey, like really good job on picking up this. You know, like we need to pick that up more. Like make a note of that. Um, and then other times I'll just sit, like have them play without me there, and then they record it or stream it, and then I'll take my notes, and then we'll sit down on like a one on one call, and I'll kind of break down in a more like nitty and gritty way of like what they should have done in certain situations, like what habits you should build and kind of like when you're like aim training or you're practicing your mechanics and whatnot, uh, like you're fighting or like breaking down your macro and certain things. So I'll get down to nitty gritty in like one-on-one calls or like team calls where I'll just sit down with the team and be like, Hey, you know, uh, I'll break it down to like each player in their role. And yeah pretty much it Dude, so this is full circle then because now you're teaching <laughs> you know what i mean like you're teaching in your nine to five and now <laughs> in in your hobbies yeah pretty much so you enjoy it then oh yeah i enjoy coaching i do miss playing but i just i don't have the time for it anymore like do you miss it enough to do want to go back well if i had the free time i definitely would go back so what's your free time being useful um, mainly assignments, keep it up with my job, you know, set up lessons, takes a minute, takes a little, little more time than I would like, but it's worth it because the kids enjoy it and I feel like a sense of accomplishment after they enjoy the lesson. Um, and then whenever my free time is, I'm like, you know, I don't really want to, I don't want to aim chain right now. I'm going to play Pokemon. Or, play uh, Pokemon. Play this, yeah. <laughs> or I'll play like another <laughs> RPG or something like that. Dude, uh, I just finished Super Mario RPG. How was oh. it? Um, I did. I was actually recording my review for it uh, right before this. Um, review will be out this week, guys. So selfless plug. Uh, <laughs> dude, I so it's a remake or remaster. Okay, whatever, you know whatever. Uh, I don't know if you played the original from way back when Super Nintendo. I did. I did. It is, I, I think, for $60, I think that's a bit steep, and I think you end up paying paying for the Mario namesake. Yeah, pretty much. Um, usually what happens in remakes, unfortunately. Does it run well? Yes. Were there any issues? No. Um, does it look updated for 2023? Yeah. Um, I, I bought it at $60 because I was like, dude, I love the original. I remember playing the original. Um. 
I don't know that I would. If you have six, if you have sixty dollars to spare and you really want to play an RPG, I don't think I'd buy it. I, I don't think I'd recommend it for sixty bucks. I'd say go get, go get two cheaper games with a lot more gameplay because it's a short game. It's like ten to twelve hours. Oh yeah, that's not worth sixty. It's not very, <laughs> dude. It's not very. It's a yeah. short. It's a short meal, and. I, I I like forgot. I was like, oh yeah, this is a business based off an old Super Nintendo game. <laughs> so it might be te- you know ten hours on a Switch, but it was probably a lot clunkier on the Super Nintendo and a lot harder when I was ten. So, um, yeah, not not worth sixty bucks. Good, good though. Everything was solid, like end to end. Okay. Solid graphics, solid audio, solid. Again, no issues, no frame, no frame issues, no drops, no crashes, nothing. I, it ran what I expected it to run at at six for sixty dollars, but I I wasn't upset when it was over. Does that make sense? I was like, that was fun. Oh, okay, like that was a, that was a fun use of time. And um, will I play it again? Nah, probably not. Probably one <laughs> done for me. But if you're like new to RPGs, that's kind of like a perfect game for it because it's super approachable. Like it gives you the the core mechanics, a basic understanding of how all that works. Um, yeah, dude, it's it's a Nintendo game. It's like it's a Nintendo Mario game. It's solid all the way through. It's not very long. It's kid friendly, uh, but it's I think it's overpriced. Okay. I mean, it's priced at sixty dollars because it's a new game and it's Mario. But I think it's you're gonna spend sixty dollars on a game. I think you should get some fair assumption. It's fair I evaluation. Get, I can get Baldur's Gate and have seventy to one hundred hours of gameplay for the same price. I'm I'm gonna try that game soon. Have you ever played also, it? Also, question. No, I haven't. I haven't played it at all. Incredible. I got a question for you. Ready? If you were to erase your memory from one game and replay it fresh for the first time ever, what game would it be? In twenty twenty three. At all time. Like, but like this day and age, like we would be erasing uh, memory and then playing that game tomorrow. Yeah, like any game title from like any time period. So I'll, I'll shorten it down for you from like PS2 till now. I could erase my memory experience. This is a great question. I got my answer down pat. Okay, no sports games. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> say I'm gonna say no like platformers. It's got to be, dude, honestly, if it was going to be any game and I was going to play that game brand new for the time period that it came out in, I would almost say, like, Halo 1, Halo 2. To go back to being that age, you know, early high school and play yeah. through the Halo 2 campaign, co-op with somebody again. Or, like, with my, my cousins. I remember playing all those games. I think that's pretty far up there for me as far as good memories go. Um, the other one, I would have to say... That would be one, and I can say... This is tough. I this know, right? Tough. Let's, let's keep it there for now. <laughs> Try to think of like the RPGs past. Maybe like Knights of the Old Republic all the way through? Okay. Maybe. I feel like that's a decent tough question, man. Ooh, this is hard. 
Or maybe um Now you're thinking of the options, dude. I know. Now, I'm, well, I'm now I'm remembering all the games I played. I feel like exactly. I feel like I had a great experience with Skyrim. Um, I feel like I did a ton of stuff in that game. Dude, it's hard. All right, what do you got? So, my go to Ninja Gaming for me was probably like 2012 to 2014. Okay. Um, mainly because that's when I like one had adult money to buy games and systems, so I went on a huge like kick on JRPGs. Huge, I bought like all the old gen consoles. I went to like thrift stores, like antique gaming stores, to where like they had like all retro games and stuff. So, one Dragon Quest Eleven. If I could erase my memory of Dragon Quest XI and played it for the first time, would gladly do it. Second one would probably have to be. This is a hard tie between, um, probably Near Automata and uh, forgetting the title name. Near Automata. Near Automata. Actually, no, Near OG Near. Not no automata, because I like OG Near better than automata. Near Near is such a cool game, and it's just so punished. But like the story's so well written, it's such a well written story. I love it, dude. You're not the first person to tell me this game is their favorite game. Oh, so the thing with Near is, it's more it's multiple playthroughs to get the full story. Oh no! But every time you do a playthrough. The story alters slightly, so there's a little there's a little change in it every time until you get to like so A B C and D are usually the main endings, but uh Yokotama I think his name is the guy that made the games. One he writes the stories when he's drunk. That's some goat shit right there. <laughs> you right? know who else was not sober when they wrote all their stories? Uh, Stephen King. So yeah. that's two goats hey. in the same sense. That's yeah, all. Exactly. That's all, that's all I'm gonna say. There's a track record. Yeah, that's yeah. all I'm saying. So he's drunk when he made all the stories, right? How do you so how do you know that? He has. Is that what he said? Yeah, he said it on an interview. Um, like I was hammered. Yeah, he's stuff. like I'm absolutely plastered writing just a <laughs> masterpiece of a, of a game. Um, so there's four cano- like canon endings A, B, C, and D, but there's 26 endings for every letter in the alphabet. What? And um, the funny thing about Near is it it's branched off. From this game called Drakengard, right? Now, Drakengard was also made by Yokotama, right? But Nier is based off one of the gag endings of Drakengard. So he made a masterclass gaming franchise off of a literal gag ending from one of his games. You're not, dude. You have. You're not the first person to tell me, like, ran, like off just out of out of the blue, that this was their favorite game. Time too. So Near was such an enjoyable, like. Is the, the combat world... real time? Yeah, it's like uh, it's a uh, action combat, like action based RPG. So like you're out, you're doing that combat like live and stuff. Like Final Fantasy. Yeah. Um. So what's so what about it? Cool. What about it? Um. I mean, I don't. 
I want to ask, like, am I am I cool to rip the spoilers on this one? I'd just say, but like, like vague. Just wise is so good. One soundtrack is beautiful. The depth of the main character near, insane. Um, is it the girl, the blindfolded girl? No, so that's two B. She's from Near Automata. Um, she's actually um, that's like a whole different that. You have to kind of beat near to understand what happened in Automata, but honestly, you could just play Automata as it is. But there's certain like there's certain characters that return in Near Automata from near, and like your hatred, like your hatred's gonna run deep for them once you understand. Right. But like to you, they're just random people, right? When you play Automata, right? Um, it's a post-apocalyptic world. Um, they're like in like pretty much a dark age now, back in like like medieval times. Whereas, like, you know, the cities, villages, there's, like, markets on, this, on the side road selling you apples and stuff. Yeah. Um, the scenery, beautiful. Um, each character is so well fleshed out. And, like, you get so involved in, like, their story and their life. Because, how, like, how it's part it? of, like, the... Uh, I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta look it up. I don't even remember. I spent so much time. Uh, let's see. It's on PlayStation? Uh, PS3, yeah. I'm looking at right now. Because I do not remember. 21 hours for just main story. Um, if you wanna, That's not too bad. If you want to attain 100%, it's 61 and a half hours. Okay, that's kind of more I expect. But like, oh, this is Nier Automata. Hold up, my bad. If, if Nier Automata is 20 hours for what it is, I'm saying Super Mario RPG is not like $60. 10 hours. Not the game. Hold on, Nier Replicant. Okay. Nier Replicant takes... Oh, uh, they actually remade it into Nier Replicant. It's on PC. You can get Nier Automata and Nier Replicant on PC. Best, best played with the controller, though? Um, Yes. Yes. There's something about JRPGs. Um, I love them. The R- yeah. oh, the Fable series. That's probably on my list too. At the time, I really liked Fable. Dude, why is it like giving me every other like? Oh, this is annoying. Now I'm looking it up. I just want the playtime. I'm over it. I want to say probably like 30 hours. Okay. 30-ish hours. That's a, yeah, that's a good. That's a good chunk of time. But the thing is, it doesn't. It it, it doesn't even feel like the game just zooms by because you're so engrossed in it. You're like so invested in it. Um, uh, like you're just going to different lands, solving stuff, and like you get the backstory of each like. Of certain characters, like certain bosses you fight, you get backstory of. Like even Nier Automata, that like plot twist in Nier Automata was insane. And the same thing with um, the same thing with uh Nier. It was just like crazy plot twist. You, you you're so invested in your story, like oh, I wonder what this is about, and then all of a sudden, boom, bombshell. That's what that's about, Dude, right? Like <laughs> I miss story. Like I feel like story is so underappreciated or undervalued or just underrated now oh 100 there. game like just scratch call of duty there's no story there really there's no story there anymore it's just not campaigns that it used to be 
speaking of all the biggest titles, you know, the sports games have story. Uh, you know, Fortnite doesn't have story. I'm just thinking of RPG. Uh, did, you, did you play Sea of Stars? No, I haven't. Uh, really, really great on the Switch. Really good, really solid game uh, for 34 bucks, five bucks. Uh, worth worth the playthrough. It's about 38 plus hours. Uh, if you like the uh, kind of that 16 bit art style. Oh, remember the other series, Infamous, the Infamous series. Oh my God! Thank God PlayStation shut down. Remember that huge PlayStation shutdown back in like the early, early 2000s, where like PSN Network just shut down. Yeah, why did it. they? Why did they do that? Someone hacked it. So someone oh, hacked oh, it. Oh, 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 oh! Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I remember yeah. this. I remember this. Okay, so when it came back online, they gave people free games. Right? One of the free games was Infamous. I was like, Yo, this game looks sick. I was like, Twelve. Right. Something like that. <laughs> I'm like, yo, this game looks sick. Oh my god, that it was one. It was. I, I feel like no one talks about that game. That was such a cool game. Never played it. Oh my god, I never had so PlayStation cool. growing up. I missed out a lot of PlayStation. Yeah, it's a, it's a PS exclusive. Unfortunately, um, I don't think you can even get it on PC. You can probably emulate it legally for YouTube's sake. Um... <laughs> Uh, but like the whole concept is, um, they're basically people are espers. People are espers, and uh, they get powers. Um, there's like this like EMP that went throughout the city. The city's quarantined, and um, everyone has special abilities now. They're called conduits, but they're basically like espers. Like they have special abilities, like be it uh, they can control electricity, lava, rocks. Um, they can morph into things, whatever, right? And your ending is based off good and bad karma. Whether you kill people, kill innocent people, like that. Uh, whether you kill like the bad guys and whatnot, right? And the the dialogue and like the more you play the game, the more story unravels. Because like you're kind of just thrown into the game, right? But what makes the game so good, in my opinion, is that the story unravels as you're going. Because like you're kind of just thrown into the story, like storm like you you're just up there like hey i don't know what's going on i got these powers and i got i got kick some ass that's right. pretty much it but then as you go on the main character call you learn about his past you learn why why is call so stoic why is he so like you know avoiding the people and so and you learn like oh wow this guy's been through some shit like so then like that stuff happens um and then infamous 2 is like they kind of accept conduits now because conduits are considered like they were like shunned because again like oh people have powers they're bad they're blah, like typical like cliche stuff right so then like you work for this agency da, da 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 and then at the end of the game he ends up sacrificing himself as the good ending right so that's the end of his thing then you have infamous second son which is basically just a continuation of that verse except you have another conduit that's a native american and what's cool about that game that's my favorite one that favorite iteration of that series What's cool about that game is that his family's rejecting it because I mean, it's not it's not part of like it's not natural, right? Like he's not a natural person. He's considered a freak. You know, they think he's a devil and all this stuff because he has powers. Um, Sounds like X Men. Yeah, pretty much. As as uh, yeah, close to it. Um, Dude, uh, a son of another one. I think I'd play Battlefield Bad Company too again. That whole campaign, that's a good and, like one. that multiplayer experience, really liked that's it. A good one. That is a good one. Uh, like Assassin's Creed, uh, maybe Black Flag. I'd play that again. Not like the highest up on my list, but 
I really liked that game. Even the first one. I think without a doubt, though, Dragon Quest XI is, like, number one on my list. Played a mobile version of Quest. Get the image. Dragon Quest But I typed in Dragon in the very first thing I popped. Dude, it's so popular. Is that is that also a like an action RPG? No, that's a turn-based RPG. Turn-based. Yeah. So what makes this one so good? The story's just so good, man. The characters are so well written. The backstories you get, then you get like a little time skip of like you know, you ever watch One Piece? No, I have, and here's why. Uh, there's too much. <laughs> yeah, <that's fair laughs> there's too many. Uh, and also, so dude, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't never got into anime until COVID. Okay, that's fair. Got that's all this fair. extra time where I just wasn't yeah. doing anything. I was like, I'll, I'll give this a try. So I'm, I'm probably pretty new to it. I, okay. I've got a decent list of stuff finished, but uh, One Piece is just one of those where I'm like, I like to be able to finish my shows within a calendar year. I saw that <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so basically, what happens like the middle of the story? Um, Final boss shows up, and then they kind of make a big boom, and then people get like sent to like different areas in the world, right? But then they unite, they reunite, and one of the villains becomes part of your party. I guess is like this insane character development, like such like like it's a chef's kiss, right? And like he ended up being one of my favorite characters at the end of the series. I was like, this is, like, insane. This is so cool. And one, I'm a sucker for, like, medieval fantasy stuff. Sucker for it. So, you already got brownie points because we're, we're in that kind of genre right now, right? right? Two, love turn-based RPGs. They're so cool. I love making broken builds. You know, I like playing on hard mode. I gave myself a challenge. I like, you know, I want my, I want my boss fights to feel like boss fights, man. I want to be sweating, you know? Dude, that's I'm how I feel. Dude, you. that is how I feel playing Octopath Traveler. <laughs> that's a good game too. Dude, that's how I feel every time I'm in a boss fight. I'm like, dude, I I have to commit to this for the next sixty minutes. That's yeah, how exactly. it feels, dude. I can't exactly. I'm like, well, we just started a boss fight. And I go, well, how long is that gonna take? I'm like, I don't know. I genuinely don't know how long this is gonna take. This might this might take forty five minutes. But like, you're you're just it, it's just such a genuine. You feel like you're with the characters in that game. The the dialogue is so well written. You get really invested in what's happening. You know, like you like the dialogue that they receive and they give that you can give in the game is so well thought out that like it it makes you so immersed. And like when you when you go on these adventures, it feels like you're exploring with them in the world. I mean, there's like a gladiator event where like you meet this random person that joins your party, and that was like so cool to me because like it started off as, as this casino, and then all of a sudden there's like this underground like um battling arena and you go join part of it and you free this girl and then all of a sudden, like you know it's it's like cool stuff right oh the art style is like uh wait Dragon Ball. it's 16 bit too yeah combines both yeah in the that's, switch um that's cool in the switch one you can go 16 bit but you can switch you can just switch anytime um, I think there's certain things where you have to go 16 bit regardless. But I think you can okay. So I was like, that's crazy. If you could just actively switch between 16 bit and B. But I will say the Switch version. Well, if you're gonna get the game and gonna play it, yeah, there's a Switch version. 
they added a little more story in the Switch to some certain characters in that little like time period where they're separated, and that was the good stuff. That was the good stuff. <laughs> added another layer to the story. Dude, you're gonna love Baldur's Gate then. Yeah, you like I have, story I have to or catch stuff. Up. Um, I, I still have to play Final Fantasy 16, and then I got to play Baldur's Gate. That was like my two priorities right it's now. A, it's a it's a commitment, a time commitment for sure. Um, I played. If people want to do co-op and stuff with you, for me, I just co-op bothers me. I want to go at my own pace, um, and I'm slow. Like I'm a slow player when it comes to that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, it's I can genuinely say it's like nothing I've ever played before, in terms of like. Whatever you think you can do, you you can, and they've they've added reactions and effects and everything. Uh, like t- talking to animals, you can talk to an- talk to any animal. They all have personalities and storylines. Like it's just like you might, dude. You might log on. You're like, I'm gonna accomplish this today, and then you found yourself on this like three three hour side quest, taking directions from a squirrel that you met in the forest. Ghost, I'm gonna tell you right now. That happens in any game I play. Yeah. <laughs> I am well, such this, a this like, is the title side for quest Andy. Too. I'm such a side quest Andy. It's not even funny. Like I was playing Lost Ark when it first came out. Yeah, I played Lost Dude, Ark. It took me a month to progress in the main story because of how much side quest stuff there was. I'm like, I have to do it. I was like, so, I have to do it. There's so much. So much. And it, the, every side quest is its own undertaking. So you're like, all right, man. Oh, cool. I got this one side quest from this character. We're gonna just gonna do that real quick. And then you're like, all right, this is day three of me trying to finish this dumb thing for this dude who just little apples. And you know, I'm 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 eight hours into the side quest. Like that's that's what it is. That's what it feels. Like. It's cool. It's it's a really really well made. Highly recommend. Sea of Stars too. I mean, really, it's it's gonna be. I think Sea of Stars will feel kind of like a. Not dumbed down, but like a simpler. Since you have so much JRPG experience, see a story. Yeah. I think we'll be like a breeze. But it's so beautifully drawn. Mm. The art styles are incredible. I like that. I wouldn't say that it's hard. Um, you can play on hard mode, a harder or harder mode. You can remove like they include these relics in game. Switch on and off. It's kind of like skulls for Halo. Like you can switch them on and off at any time. They'll have effects in the. Uh, you know, like take ten percent less damage across the board if you're strong. But okay, definitely highly recommend that one too. It's it's a bit cheaper and um, it's just one of the most beautiful games. That's awesome. It's all the illustration. It's really cool. Sea of Stars. It's, it's up for independent game of the year. It's, it's. Oh, another RPG I'm on the lookout for is Persona Three Remake. Ooh. Can't wait for that. Oh yeah, didn't um didn't the tactics tactics? That's Persona Five. Yeah, Persona Five Tactics. I'm not really a huge fan of the tactic games. Um, they're like Chibi, like Chibi, which is like like a cute small version of the character. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, not really a fan of that because I like I like the Persona stories. Um, it's kind of funny because like the the story's kind of outlandish. It's always the same like format of like, hey, with this group of kids. Um, we don't like this said, we don't like said problem. And then they'll attack the problem. Then all of a sudden it goes to like, Hey, we're going to fight God. <laughs> and then like, that's, that's literally every format of like a JRPG pretty much. I mean, you can go dark souls, right? Hey, we're going to get rid of the fire. We don't like the fire. Now we're going to fight God. 
<laughs> like Elden Ring. <laughs> right, right. Elden Ring. I don't like the, I don't like the tree. I'm not gonna lie to you. Guess what? I'm gonna fight God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Like it's cool. It's cool. Right, right. Um what was I gonna say? Like Persona um Persona three was pretty cool because um once well, a really melancholy game. Really really it's pretty depressing. Um Sick. The way the way they activate the personas and stuff, uh, very very uh, morbid, for sure. But uh, Persona Five was definitely a nice little refresh on kind of like it was a more realistic like and modern take because like the whole premise was um these teenagers are getting bullied or they're outcasts of society right and the um the group is called the Phantom Thieves and their job is kind of like um what Robin what like Robin Hood would do like you know they're a gentleman thief. They would steal from the rich and give back to the poor, but instead of like actually stealing currency, they would kind of just steal what's most important to them, like their fame, from the people, like the adults. Um, they would they'd kind of ruin their lives for being corrupt, and that was like pretty much it. Um, it, it, it's based off a of Lupin. I don't know if you ever heard of that like tale? It's French, R.C. Lupin. Um. French gentleman. It's like the French Robin Hood, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Oh, is this just so, like a like a well-known tale, or is this is this? Uh, R.C. Lupin's own well-known tale. There's actually a Netflix show called Lupin. Recommended. Very cool show. Um, about that story. Yeah, about that story. Like, like basically, it's based off like the fairy tale. Okay. It's a very popular fairy tale. Um. Very cool show. Uh, Persona 5 is a very cool game. If you ever get the chance, uh, I don't recommend Persona 4. was not a huge fan of it. I think that was one of the cheesier ones. Persona 3 was cool, but I'll wait for the remake because um, the dungeon you go in Tartarus, that's the only dungeon you go to in the game. There's, granted, there's like 100-something floors on it, but it does get very, uh, very painstakingly boring after a while. Which you have to go through Tartarus and explore like X amount of floors and then go fight a boss and then you get some dialogue and you go do it again in Tartarus. That's why Persona 5, um, you're kind of going into their like the villains' minds and like however they see the world as is the dungeon. So like one of them's a casino for like, you know, life's always about like gambling and whatnot. Like, you know, life's always about risks and taking risks and like, you know, they're gambling their lives every day of their life. Or like Tokyo to them is like a piggy bank. Because they see people as money and whatnot, right? Right. So it was, it was a cool way of like seeing how like the creator breaks down like certain archetypes for like people, like shitty people. Um, and it was pretty cool, just like kind of the dialogue between them. Because at the end of the day, they're like they're a bunch of teenagers, like, a group of friends, right? So they're going to socialize as friends. But like, uh, the battles are cool. The dungeons are really well thought out. The mechanics for the dungeon were really well fleshed out. Um. And, like, the kind of sneaking around and stealing stuff was... It stayed true throughout the whole game, which is nice. Like, you're, you're, you're a thief at the end of the day. Right. And they kept that theme, like, prominent throughout the whole time. Dude, my game's library... I'm, like, writing all these games down. Now my game's library is <laughs> backed up again. Not that it was ever close to being finished, but now it's just even... Um, oh, dude, I have so many games. I have, like, physical copies of from, like... Back when I used to play a lot of RPGs, it's not even funny. Um, that that might be a good spot to stop, dude. We're uh, we're at almost an hour and ten minutes. 
unbelievable. But like, uh, yeah. I know you're, I know you're doing some coaching now and taking a little break, uh, break from Apex. But those of you who, uh, for those uh, who want to follow and check in with, it's the best place to find you. Uh, probably my Twitter, just at it's Fujitora. I'm usually on. You do have a wild Twitter feed. I'll, I'll say. Yeah. I I don't even know where you find those pictures. <laughs> I dude, it is it is wild. Chronically online, man. That's <laughs> it. You say Twitter. Yeah, Twitter is the main place to find me at. Um, and it's just at your name. Yep. F U J I T O R A. You have the it's sure. in there too. Yep. Okay. Um, well, cool guys. And uh, as always, you can find me at Ghost Stories Gaming on all things socials. Um, just look for Ghost Stories Gaming or Ghost Plays Games on YouTube, TikTok, and uh, we're streaming on YouTube live this time. Um, doing most of the stuff there. Uh, I will stream on Twitch occasionally. Stuff that I don't content, content anywhere. Um, but that's find me. I will catch you guys on the next plug. This is episode twenty. Uh, we will see y'all next time.